The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Eagles draft coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Should the Eagles move up a few spots to get into what I think is Howie Roseman's comfort zone based on past drafts? Uh, we'll take a look at how he's performed inside the Magic 13. We'll tell you what that is uh, in just a few minutes. Also, some news and notes from around the NFL. And then we're going to do a little BGN memories in the second half of the show. And we'll take a look back at... Uh, some Eagles drafts from 10, 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Some very interesting drafts from 1982, 1992, 2002, and 2012. Some uh, some some hits and some definite misses in the mix there. So uh, we'll, we'll take a look back on some drafts of years past from uh, 10 to 40 years ago here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And I guess we'll throw a slash BGN memories uh, on the end of this thing as well. All right, so let's start off talking about the Magic 13, and I wrote about this this week for Bleeding Green Nation. Um, Howie Roseman has a lot of success drafting within the top 13 picks when he has a first-round pick. Anything lower than that, it hasn't gone so well for the Eagles GM. Now, let's let's not make any mistakes. Last year's draft was a, a very strong one for Howie Roseman, and, and he was magical moving up and down the draft. He started the process with the number six overall pick after going 4-11-1. They traded away that pick to the Miami Dolphins a month before the draft, moving back six spots to number 12, while also acquiring a first-round pick in this year's draft. So moving back six spots, you get a first-rounder uh, for this upcoming draft here in a couple of weeks. And then on draft night, the Birds moved up two spots to number 10, sending a third-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys and jumping in front of the Giants to get Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver Devontae Smith and I think we all know that that went very well he arguably got one of the best wide receiving prospects in the draft probably the second best uh, wide receiver after Jamar Chase um guy who set a rookie franchise receiving record last year with 916 yards I mean good moves all around from Howie Roseman picking number 10 and getting Devontae Smith Roseman has been in charge of Eagles drafts since 2010 and that's with the exception of Chip Kelly's draft in 2015. I want to read to you below all of his first round selections during that time. In 2010, he selected Brandon Graham at number 13. In 2011, he went with Danny Watkins 
an offensive guard at number 23. Remember the firefighter guy. In 2012, it was Fletcher Cox at defensive tackle at number 12 overall. 2013, Lane Johnson at number 4 overall. So good picks there with Graham, Cox, and Johnson at 13, 12, and 4. Watkins a miss at 23. In 2014, he drafted Marcus Smith at number 26 overall. In 2016, Carson Wentz at number two. Listen, say what you want about Carson Wentz. That was a great pick. He helped get the Eagles a Super Bowl, and were it not for the injuries, Carson Wentz would probably still be a franchise quarterback for this team. 2017, they select Derek Barnett at number 14 overall. They did not have a first-round pick in 2018. In 2019, he took Andre Dillard at number 22. In 2020, he took Jalen Rager at 21. And then last year, he got Devontae Smith at number 10. Now, Roseman has had some first-round winners, no doubt about it, including Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Carson Wentz, Devontae Smith. Five really good picks in his uh, 10 years here. All are or were outstanding players for the Eagles. Four of them were integral in the Super Bowl championship in 2017. All were drafted within the first 13 picks of the draft. That's the magic 13 for Howie Roseman. Watkins, Smith, Barnett, Dillard, and Rager were all drafted at number 14, or later. That's the tragic 14 and under for Howie Roseman. Now, let's fast forward to this year. Howie Roseman pulled off a pre-draft trade that moved him down the pecking order just a little bit while allowing him to still pick up another first rounder next year. So he, in his deal with the Saints, after his deal with the Saints, the Eagles now sit with their original number 15, as well as the number 18 pick in the draft. Those two spots are not inside the Magic 13, but is there really that big a difference between drafting in the top 13 and picking 15 or 18? I mean, there shouldn't be, right? It shouldn't be that big of a difference. And histor- But historically, under Howie Roseman, there has been a big difference. So given that, given the fact that he has struggled so much when he has had to pick outside the top 13, should he be looking up to move up a few spots? Should he move, Should he package number 15 and 18 or package number 15 and a second-round pick to move up inside the top 13 into an area where there might be a little more certainty among the prospects that are out there? Before we decide that, I wanted to I'd take a look at some of the players taken at numbers 15 and 18 overall over the last 10 drafts, going back to 2012. Last year, Mac Jones was taken by the Patriots at number 15. And uh, Jalen Phillips was selected at number 18 overall defensive lineman. Uh, Jerry Judy was number 15 overall in 2020. Austin Jackson offensive tackle was at number 18. In 2019, Dwayne Haskins, the late Dwayne Haskins, was taken at quarterback at number 15 uh, by Washington. Garrett Bradbury, a center, was taken at number 18. In 2018, it was Colton Miller at offensive tackle and Jair Alexander. 2017, Malik Hooker and Adore Jackson. 2016, Corey Coleman and Ryan Kelly. 2015, Melvin Gordon, Marcus Peters. 2014, Ryan Shazier and Calvin Pryor. 2013, Kenny, Kenny Vaccaro and Eric Reed. And in 2012, Bruce Irvin and Melvin Ingram. Now, there are more success stories than not out of those 20 players, including last year's picks. Mac Jones coming off an outstanding rookie season for the Patriots. Phillips recorded eight and a half sacks as a rookie for the Dolphins last year. Bradbury has been the Vikings' starting center since his rookie season. Miller has started at left tackle all four seasons he's been with the Raiders, as has Jair Alexander with Green Bay. Ryan Kelly has made the Pro Bowl three straight years with the Colts at center. 
Gordon, when he's healthy, has been a productive running back in the NFL, and Peters was the AP Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2015, a three-time Pro Bowl corner, and two-time first-team All-Pro in 2016 and 17 for the Chiefs. Shazier was selected to two Pro Bowls before becoming partially paralyzed during a, a tackle attempt in a game in 2017. Thankfully, he has recovered his ability to walk, but he retired from football in 2020 officially. Vaccaro played eight seasons in the league with 10 career interceptions and 11 and a half sacks in 110 games. Reed went to a Pro Bowl in his rookie season and has 11 career interceptions in 99 games for the 49ers and Panthers. And Irvin has 52 career sacks in 127 games. Ingram has 51 sacks in 128 games. Both have had outstanding NFL careers. That's a lot of really good players taken at number 15 and 18. Now, they weren't all good. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins, Corey Coleman, Calvin Pryor, unable to meet lofty first-round expectations. Jerry Judy, jury's still out on him. He's just missed a bunch of time, missed a bunch of games for the Broncos, but still a lot of talent there. But nevertheless, plenty of good talent in the middle of the first round if you are an astute general manager with a cohesive plan and a solid scouting department. And I would argue that there's a big difference between drafting at number 15 and 18 than selecting players in the 20s, which is an area where a number of Roseman's first-round misses have occurred in recent years. So I am by no means confident in Howie Roseman's ability to draft the right players, but perhaps we can hope that what appears to be a successful 2021 Eagles draft will portend good things for this year. Last year's top five picks, Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams, Zach McPherson, Kenneth Gainwell, all appear solid picks. Some contributed last year. Some the Eagles are hoping will contribute this year. If the Eagles stay where they are at 15 and 18, which I think they should do, I think, if nothing else, it would be instructive to see how Roseman and the rest of the staff does this year. Given the holes that this team has and the fact that they need more young, cheap, high-end talent to fill them, remember, the Eagles are still dumping a ton of money into some dead, into some dead contracts this offseason. The Eagles should stay where they are unless they are blown away with an offer from a GM who has gone nuts. So I would, you know, if I know what history says. I know history says you want Howie Roseman drafting in the top 13. That's when he has had his most success. But I, I would rather the Eagles stay where they are and get two players in the first round rather than package one of those first rounders and a second rounder to move up just a couple of spots. I mean, this draft does not have a ton of superstars at 12 or 13 or 15 like there's there's probably going to be at 15 any number of like five or six players that the Eagles would be interested in that will all be available in that 12 to 15 range so I don't think it necessarily if there's somebody they love and they want to move up one spot to get them I think they can do that but I would not be looking to trade 15 and 18 to move up very high in the draft I just feel like they need more than one player they they need to just you know, they need to get some more talent, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I think you use one of those picks. Again, you don't want to draft for need at that spot at 15 and 18. You want to get just good players. So if, if you get a cornerback and a safety with those two picks, that's fine. I do feel like this team needs another wide receiver. I feel like they've really left themselves no other choice unless they want to sign Jarvis Landry to a free agent contract or something like that, which I don't think is a good fit for this team necessarily. But unless they want to do that and have Quez Watkins play on the outside the entire season and use Jarvis Landry as a, as a slot guy and you want to, and Jarvis Landry is even interested in playing here, I think you have to draft a wide receiver early. And that's how you're going to be able to get more wide receiver talent 
on this roster because you need more wide receivers on this roster. I think you stay at 15 and 18, get a wide receiver, maybe get somebody for the secondary or get a defensive tackle that you really like and uh, and don't worry about the Magic 13. I do think it'll be interesting to see if Howie Roseman makes these picks at 15 and 18 if he is able to break the trend that he has had since he has been a general manager in this league, picking inside the top 13 and outside the top 13 in the draft. All right, a couple news uh, going on from around uh, the league. Dallas police are looking to interview Cowboys cornerback Kelvin Joseph about a murder last month. Uh, Blogging the Boys uh, wrote about this. The report states that Cowboys officials have encouraged Joseph to speak with police about what he knows, according to a team source who is not authorized to speak publicly on the matter. The morning Dallas Morning News has said that the Cowboys officials do not believe Joseph is the shooter. However, both the Cowboys and Joseph's attorney declined to comment to the paper. So um, that is certainly something that we are going to be keeping an eye on. But um, some very serious doings on goings on down there in Dallas. Um, the Indianapolis Colts signed Pro Bowl cornerback Stephon Gilmore to a two-year deal this week. There had been some rumors that maybe the Eagles were interested in him or that maybe Stephon Gilmore uh, was interested in going to Philadelphia, but obviously the Eagles did not have as much interest in him as he may have had in the Birds, and so he signs a deal worth $23 million, according to Tom Pilicero and Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Gilmore, of course, former AP Defensive Player of the Year, um, but uh, he's definitely getting a little bit long in the tooth. He's a former five-time pro bowler. When he's healthy, he's a very good very good cornerback. After five seasons in Buffalo, uh, that's where he started his career. He went to, uh, he went to New England in 2017. Um, he was traded to Carolina in early October of 2021, and he did not have a he's, – he's lost a step. He's 31 years old. You know, he's, he's not as good as he once was, but I still think he probably on a one-year deal would have been a good move for the Eagles. But uh, that's a lot of money to sign to a, a 31-year-old guy who is on the decline. Um, so, I mean, hey, good job getting your money. Uh, <laughs> good job getting your money, Stephon Gilmore, but I'm, I'm glad it wasn't the Eagles who, who signed that deal. Um, One other big piece of news is quarterback Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders has agreed to a three-year, $121.5 million contract extension with the Raiders. I like Derek Carr. I really want Derek Carr to be successful, but oh my goodness, that's a lot of money for a guy who has never gone on a playoff run. Um, Carr is set to earn an average of $40.5 million under his new extension, ranking fifth among all quarterbacks in average annual salary. Um, Carr did set the franchise's single-season record for passing yards in 2021 with 4,804. He's a good player, but my goodness, I mean, I don't, I'm not a believer in in Derek Carr as a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Now, he's got the best wide receiver he's ever had in Devontae Adams playing with him. And he finished in the top eight in completion percentage last year, passing yards per game, passing yards per attempt. Um, His passer rating of 94 was below what it was in 2020, 101.4, and 2019, 100.8. But, um, you know, I think think Carr's a good quarterback, and that is a loaded division. But, 
That's a lot of money for Derek Carr. I, I hope he earns it because uh, he, he's a cool dude and a good player, and he's got a lot of talent around him now in Las Vegas. But uh, that is a, a lot of money for a quarterback who has never really proven himself to be a winner in the postseason. All right, we'll step away and we'll take a quick break. When we come back, a little bit of BGN memories. We'll take you through some Eagles drafts in year of years past, and we'll look at uh, – We'll, go, we'll look at the milestone years of uh, 10, 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Some very interesting drafts in those four years. We'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that T-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. And, of course, when you hear that music, you know it is a BGN Memories. And I know we didn't do many of those last year. I want to get back on the back on the horse and knock out a couple of BGN Memories this year. Um, I hope you guys like them. I like putting them together and taking a look back at Eagles history. We did a lot of it during the 1980s. Uh, looking back at the 1980 Eagles uh, Super Bowl run uh, when we had Dick Vermeil on the podcast and uh, 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 Jerry Martin on the podcast. So uh, that was a lot of fun looking back at that team, and we'll do that too uh, as we are moving through the 2022 season. We'll take a look at some uh, Eagles seasons past, and we'll start off looking at past Eagles drafts. So let's jump back 40 years, and let's take a look at the 1982 Philadelphia Eagles draft. They were 3-6. and six. This was a, uh, a strike-shortened season. They played just nine games, and the Eagles under Dick Vermeil went just 3-6 and six this season. They were not a very good football team at this point. Um, a very, very interesting draft by this team. There's not a whole lot of guys here that are household names, with the exception of the guy they took in the first round at pick number 20 overall. You might recognize him from the Eagles broadcast. Uh, former wide receiver Mike Quick was taken by the Eagles at number 20 overall. Of course, played in 101 career games uh, for in his uh, NFL career. 61 career touchdowns for Mike Quick. Obviously a fantastic pick in, 1980, in 1982 at number 20 overall. Uh, they took two tight ends in rounds two and three. 
Um, what were you doing, guys? Uh, Lawrence Sampleton at number 47 overall in round two. And then Vito Cab, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, was taken in round three at number 78 overall. Uh, Cab out of uh, Penn State, uh, maybe so the local the, the local connection there. But um, Sampleton only played 35 games in the NFL. Cab just uh, 59. Uh, it took linebacker Anthony Griggs. At, uh, in the fourth round, number 105 overall, he played 90 career NFL games. Uh, Dennis Devon was a defensive back they took in the fifth round. He barely played in the NFL. Kurt Grieve never played in the NFL. Wide receiver they took in round six. The drafts were 12 rounds long back in these days, so uh, they had a lot of picks. Harvey Armstrong, a nose tackle, played 111 games. Out of everybody in the 1982 draft, Harvey Armstrong played the most NFL games out of anyone, uh, taken at number 190 overall. Jim Frinchy. Uh, offensive tackle was taken in the eighth round. Tony Woodruff in the ninth round. Ron Ingram and Rob Taylor finished off the Eagles' 1982 draft. But obviously, uh, Mike Quick was the big winner in that draft. Not not a lot else to go around in in the 1982 draft. But in 1982, he only played nine games. Didn't see the field very much. Ten receptions for 156 yards uh, in 1982. But it was in 1983 where he really burst onto the scene with a league-best 1,409 yards receiving and a league-best 88.1 yards per average, uh, yards per game average there. He finished eighth in the AP Offensive Player of the Year awards uh, that year. So uh, behind some other guys, Joe Theismann actually was named Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Eric Dickerson, Dan Marino, Behind him, John Riggins, Joe Montana, Lynn Dickey all finished ahead of Mike Quick there um, for AP Offensive Player of the Year. But a great season for Mike Quick there in 1983, his first uh, season as a starter for the Eagles. Um, obviously a great pick by the Birds, 6,464 re- uh, receiving yards, 61 career touchdowns in a season that ran from 19, and a career, pardon me, that ran from 1982 to 1990. So, um, not a great draft overall, the 1982 draft, but Mike Quick certainly stands out, and he's obviously a legend now, calling games with Merrill Reese, um, one of the most beloved figures in Eagles history. So for that alone, you pretty much have to you have to like the 1982 draft. All right, let's move to 1992. Uh, the Eagles coming off an 11 and five season under Rich Kotite, uh, where they finished second in the NFC East. Uh, they um, had a really fun. That was one of my one of the most fun seasons I can ever remember. Um, so the, this draft took place before uh, the 1992 season got underway when they uh, won the wild card game in New Orleans against the Saints, 36 to 20. This was, of course, the season uh, where Jerome Brown uh, passed away. But uh, this draft might be the worst draft I've ever seen. This draft is beyond awful. All right, just just get ready. Get ready. Hold on to something. All right. The Eagles had no first round pick here in 1992. So their first selection came at number 48 overall in the second round. It was running back Siran Stacy. You guys remember Siran Stacy? 16 games, no statistics whatsoever for Siran Stacy. That's that's hard to do, kids. I mean, he just basically played on special teams. If you go to his pro football page, there's 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 nothing there. There's no stats. It says 16 games, but there are no stats whatsoever, anywhere to be found of Saron Stacy. Their first pick in 1992 in the second round, because they had no first round pick, played just one year in the NFL and then was out of football. Tommy Jeter 
was their third round pick at number 75 overall, played four seasons in the NFL, uh, played just 37 games. Uh, their fourth round pick, they had two fourth round picks. Running back Tony Brooks from Notre Dame, big name, had a great career at Notre Dame, played one season in the NFL, five games. And Casey Weldon, another big name from college football, quarterback from Florida State, right? Played five seasons in the NFL as a backup, attempted 120 passes in his career, completed half of them, one touchdown, four interceptions, a bust, a complete bust. Now, you're, you're picking a quarterback in the fourth round. You're not expecting him to be a starter, but still. Uh, Corey Barlow was a defensive back that they drafted in the fifth round. Jeff Snyder was a wide receiver they took in the sixth round. He actually played 41 career NFL games, but um, had just three catches for 52 yards in those 41 games, so mostly a special teamer. Seventh round pick, William Boatwright. What a great name. Never played a game in the NFL. Uh, Chuck Bulla. Uh, was an eighth-round pick. He played four career NFL games. Ephesians Bartley. What a great name. Ephesians Bartley. I guess Deuteronomy Bartley was uh, was taken a couple of picks uh, ahead of Ephesians here. Um, he played one season, just six games for Ephesians. I love it. The best pick in this draft occurred in the 10th round. Lil Mark McMillan, defensive back out of Alabama, had a great career with the Eagles, played uh, played uh, eight seasons in the NFL, 127 career games for Mark McMillan, uh, played with the Eagles from 1992 to 95, went to the, uh, went to the uh, New Orleans Saints in 1996, then played a couple of seasons with Kansas City, then was with San Francisco and Washington for the 1999 season. Uh, for his career, he finished with 23 interceptions. And he actually led the NFL in interception yards. He had three touchdowns. He had uh, three defensive interceptions for touchdowns and piled up 274 yards in interception returns. Eight interceptions for the Kansas City Chiefs in 1997. Three of them returned for touchdowns. What a crazy season for little Mark McMillan. Mark McMillan was always a, a little guy. Uh, five foot seven, 154 pounds. And uh, managed to play in the NFL for as long as he did. Really cool success story. Uh, he was his nickname, nickname was Mighty Mouse because uh, he he could do it, man. And that, but that's because of his size. That's why he was taken so late at in round number ten. Little Mark McMillan, uh, Mighty Mouse from Alabama. Great career, but an awful draft in 1992. Saron Stacy, Tommy Jeter, Tony Brooks, Casey Weldon, Corey Barlow. Ugh. That was that's one of the you know probably one of the reasons Rich Cotite was let go. All right, now let's jump ahead to 2002. Ten years later, Andy Reid is the head coach. In 2002, the Eagles went 12 and four, finished first in the NFC East. Of course, this is the season uh, when the uh, Eagles lost 27 to 10 to the Buccaneers at home in the final game ever at the Vet. This draft was awesome. So you had Lido, and the, all these guys played a big part in the 2002 season. Lido Shepard. Taken in the first round at number 26 overall, played 10 years in the league, 126 career games, but he wasn't alone. The, the Eagles' two second-round picks here, both they took defensive backs with their first three picks, all right? Lito Shepard at number 26 overall in the first round, and then they had back-to-back -back picks in the second round. At 58 and 59, they took Michael Lewis out of Colorado, the safety, and Sheldon Brown, the uh, cornerback out of South Carolina. Michael Lewis played nine seasons in the NFL. Sheldon Brown played 11 seasons in the NFL. Those three guys combined to play 30 years 
in the NFL. 10 for Shepard, 9 for Lewis, 11 for Brown. And of course, remember Shepard and Brown were great cornerbacks in Jim Johnson's defense during those Andy Reid glory days. Uh, just what a tremendous, what a tremendous, I mean, to spend three picks that early all on your defensive secondary, but you can see how valuable those guys were and those guys are. So if you if you get upset about the Eagles taking a lot of secondary guys in this year's draft, just look at 2002. It was it was one of the big keys to that Jim Johnson defense being able to do what they did. And then they get Brian Westbrook in the third round at number 91 overall. Brian Westbrook played nine seasons in the NFL, 121 career games, 6,335 career rushing yards, 3,940 career receiving yards, and 71 career touchdowns for, of course, one of the great running backs in franchise history. I don't even care about the rest of the draft. Scott Peters was a center they took in round four. He didn't materialize into anything. Freddie Millens was a guy they took in round five. Wide receiver never played really in the NFL. Uh, Tyrio Harrison was a linebacker they took in round six. But Raheem Brock, their seventh round pick, was a defensive end for them. Uh, Raheem Brock couldn't really get any run uh, with the Eagles, but... He was uh he moved over to Indianapolis. He was traded to Indianapolis and or maybe he was I forget if he was cut by the Eagles. I think he was yes, that's what it was. He was cut by the Eagles, was picked up by Indianapolis and then he went on to have an 8-year career with the Colts and then played another 2 years in Seattle where he was absolutely outstanding. 40 and a half career sacks for Raheem Brock, a 7th round pick out of Temple. Cool. I mean, just a, a very cool story. Again, so that's what the fun thing about these drafts is: is you can find some really fun players to to talk about. Uh, and it would have been uh, would have been interesting to see how uh, Raheem Brock would have fit in with Jim Johnson's defensive scheme if the Eagles had managed to recognize what they had in Brock. But the Eagles' defense was very good during that time, so there just might have been a numbers game. But Shepard, Lewis, Brown, Westbrook, and Brock. It's hard to have a better draft than what the Eagles had in two thousand two. And it's one of the reasons why they were so good for so long. Those guys were anchors in the secondary, and Brian Westbrook was one of the best running backs in football during that entire Andy Reid run in Philadelphia, just about. So uh, let's jump ahead now to 2012, and we'll take a look at the 2012 draft. Again, this was another Andy Reid draft. Uh, he went 4-12 and in this uh, 2012 season, his final season with the Eagles. This was a pretty good draft. It's a little hard to judge this draft, but... They took Fletcher Cox at number 12 overall. So, again, this is uh, this is Howie Roseman. This is a Howie Roseman draft. Uh, Fletcher Cox, of course, we know is a legend. He should not be playing all that much now with the Eagles. They, they shouldn't have brought him back at the contract they did. But it's hard to argue Fletcher Cox's contribution to this franchise over the years. Michael Kendricks uh, was their second-round pick that year. He played nine seasons in the NFL, 104 games, a linebacker they took at number 46 overall. He played with the Eagles for six years with never really able to put it all together. He had a couple of seasons where he had four sacks, four sacks, three sacks here. He had, a, he had a season in 2013, his first full season, his second year, where he had 106 uh, combined tackles, uh, four sacks. I mean, he was, he was okay. He was a decent enough player, but not an elite star by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
I guess a disappointing second round pick, but when you play that long in the NFL, it's a little bit hard to, to, to call yourself a, a disappointment. Uh, the Eagles had two second round picks. And so later in that round at number 15, uh, 59 overall, they took Vinnie Curry, Vinnie from the block. Um, of course, Vinnie Curry had a very good Eagles career, had a nine sack season for the Eagles in 2014, was a part of the 2017 team that won it all three sacks for that Super Bowl winning team where he started 16 games, really his only season as a full-time starter with the Eagles was in that 2017 run uh, where he had uh, three sacks for the birds. And then uh, he went over to Tampa Bay, then came back to the Eagles after he was in Tampa for one season, played with the birds in 2019 and 2020, five sacks in 2019, three sacks in 2020, 32 and a half career sacks for Vinnie Curry. Um, and he is uh, of course now out of the league. Nick Foles was the Eagles third round pick. And of course we all know about Nick Foles was, um, had a, a really hot start to his Eagles career, was let go by the team, considered quitting football, jumped around the NFL, came back to the Eagles as a backup quarterback ahead of the 2017 team. And, of course, we all know the legend that became Nick Foles after that in 17, winning Super Bowl 52, and a little bit in 2018 as well. Uh, Nick Foles still in the league, still rattling around, but uh, probably isn't going to get an opportunity to start again from this point on. The rest of this draft was kind of a bunch of nothing. Brandon Boykin played a few seasons for the Eagles as defensive back in the uh, fourth-round pick, number 123 overall, but didn't really do a whole lot. Dennis Kelly. Uh, was uh, Dennis Kelly was part of that trade. He's actually had a good career with the Tennessee Titans. Remember, he played three seasons with the Eagles, was traded away for for an awful wide receiver, Doriel Green Beckham. Remember him? Of course you do. Everybody everybody remembers Doriel Green Beckham. He was uh, he was a, an uh, unbelievable underachiever. Um, but Dennis Kelly went on to have a very good career uh, after being traded away from the Eagles, played 114 career games. Uh, after that, Marvin McNutt and Brandon Washington were the two sixth round picks the Eagles had that year. And then Bryce Brown, who had flashes, he showed flashes every once in a while, managed to hang on for four seasons in the NFL, uh, seven rushing touchdowns during his uh, brief career. But as a seventh round pick, was never really able to catch on, suffered some injuries and uh, his career petered out in 2015. But Bryce Brown was a seventh round selection. So Fletcher Cox, Michael Kendricks, Vinnie Curry, Nick Foles, Brandon Boykin, Dennis Kelly, Marvin McNutt, Brandon Washington, Bryce Brown, Nick Foles got you the Super Bowl and uh, Fletcher Cox is an all-time living legend you'd like to get and Vinnie Curry was productive for a number of years so that's those are three really good players and then of course Dennis Kelly um, better than I think anybody thought he was going to be otherwise they would not have traded him for for Doriel Green Beckham but uh, that's a look back at some Eagles drafts in years past as we uh, jump back 10 20 30 and 40 years and during the course of this season we'll take a look back at those seasons 1982 92 2002 and 2012 and um, bring you some memories from from those seasons uh, Eagle seasons past as uh, we are getting ready for a season where we don't really know what the 2023 2022 Eagles are going to be all about. Um, but uh, I know those BGN memories, I find them to be a lot of fun. So we'll do a few more of them during the course of this season as well. All right, folks, so that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Thank you guys so much for continuing to tune in each and every week. The draft is almost here, and we will continue to give you all of the latest Eagles news and information on all of our podcasts here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. So check them all out. Read BleedingGreenNation.com every day for the latest news and rumors and notes about the birds as they get ready to build for the future. And uh, we'll see if Howie Roseman can do can do well outside the Magic 13 coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.
P-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.